0: Thank you. Uh, Good morning. Uh, Most of you know me. My name is Scott Dunfee. I'm one of the elders serving you here. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to speak. I can tell you that as I've gone through this process a couple of times now to prepare a lesson, I have the utmost respect for senior ministers who do this day in and day out. It is not an easy job. And so this morning uh, and for the next two weeks, we're going to start a series and we're going to touch base on, you got to go back one if you would please, um, on spiritual warfare, okay? We're going to start a series on spiritual warfare and uh, I believe one of the things the church hasn't done well, uh, not necessarily our church, but the church in general is uh, to educate and raise the awareness level of what is spiritual warfare and so we will define it um, and the title of this is spiritual warfare they have chosen rebellion and i'm going to speak to and if you don't have a bible please grab one get your iphones whatever uh, i would actually start on ezekiel twenty-eight, twelve. 12 uh, it's a known fact that if you hear it and you read it you absorb it more And what we're about to go into uh, is uh, critical information from the Word of God to educate the saints on what is going on around us in the spiritual warfare. So uh, this morning and next week, we're going to touch base on the definition of what is spiritual warfare. We're going to touch base on and show you scriptures that who is at war with us. Who is this war all about? We're going to touch and look in Revelation about what happened, that it all went wrong in heaven because there was a war in heaven. And so if you think about organizations on the earth, a man's organization, there are great corporations, great governments, there have been great militaries, uh, and they're organized with layers of administration. And we're talking now about the creator of the universe and his organization. And there was a war in heaven uh, because... All of us, including Lucifer and the angels, have freedom of choice, freedom of will. Uh, And they chose rebellion. And we'll go through the scriptures. Um, Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning? Because that's the most important decision you'll make your whole life. uh, Because it has such huge, eternal implications. Um, Do you know Jesus Christ this morning and perhaps you've turned your back you've walked away you're not as close we'll touch base on some scriptures so we want to raise the awareness level up with the word of god on just exactly who lucifer who these fallen angels are and what is going on with this war why do they hate us and when will it end when will this warfare end okay um and so A couple of years ago, uh, actually probably five, six years ago, putting together a Sunday school lesson, and I came upon the definition, this definition of spiritual warfare. There's many, and I really, I really like this. Um, And spiritual warfare defined, and what I want you to, to focus on this morning, is that is a vicious and unrelenting spiritual conflict between God's creation and spirits of darkness and evil. Let me read that again it's a vicious and unrelenting spiritual conflict between God's creation and the spirits of darkness and evil and I thought it was interesting Webster defines a spirit I go to Webster every now and then just to kind of figure out what's going on but Webster defines a spirit as a supernatural being or essence and, and in truth we know that cherubs and angels are supernatural spirits if you will created by God um, and so one might say, wow, that's a pretty tough definition, vicious and unrelenting. But as the scriptures pour out in front of you and you read them, uh, I just pray that your awareness level goes up about who we are at war with. It's critical. Um, so Ezekiel 28, starting in verse 12, begins to paint the picture of who Lucifer was in God's kingdom, in heaven, what was his role, what did he looked like, was he smart, was he brilliant, uh, and so I want to read this and go through it so that you can understand, um, I believe one of our generals, George Washington, said, uh, know thy enemy, because they certainly know us, and so it's important that you know your enemy, so let me start with Ezekiel 28, 12, and walk you through this, it says, son of man, take up lament, concerning the king of Tyre. And this lament, uh, in my opinion, is grief. There was a great loss in heaven. Take up grief concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And as we go down through this, you will see this is not a king of Tyre, Tyre, however you pronounce that, um, that we're referring to Lucifer. And you'll see that in the scripture. And so right off the bat, one of the most important parts of this Scripture is the next few verses. You, now talking about Lucifer, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were the seal of perfection, of God's perfection. You're full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. And so when I think about perfect, uh, if something is perfect, uh, I don't think there's anything that can be better. There may be other perfect things. But this creation of God, who was a cherub, a guardian cherub you'll see in scripture, was God's seal of perfection. Full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. And it describes some of the beauty of Satan, Lucifer at this point. So let's move on down. You were in Eden and there was no king of Tyre in Eden. The garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, was a part of you. Carnelian, chrysolite, and emerald, topaz, onyx, jasper, turquoise, and beryl. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. And so, once we get deeper into the scripture and you get an understanding of what his role was, what this cherub's role was, just remember God is perfect light and this was a covering cherub he was in God's presence he hovered actually over him the scripture says and think of the light of God coming up through and with all these stones the brilliant beauty of what Lucifer looked like and it was his downfall it was the downfall of a third of the angels you see pride and sin not only affects you it affects your family It affects your church. It affects your neighbors. And some sins are generational. And so it's important to understand. Moving on. You were anointed as a guardian cherub. For uh, for so I uh, ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. He was with God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. Have you ever known or seen anybody that was filled with violence? Uh, it's not a pretty sight, and that's a dangerous individual, uh, who, those who are filled with violence. Now listen, as we move forward, this is one of the most critical points as well. Your heart, Lucifer's heart, you became proud. Why? Why? on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor, so I threw you to the earth. So I just want to review, because we're going to add to this as we move through. So we have a cherub created by our God in a perfect organization, unlike anything man has put together. This was, he was perfect in beauty, full of wisdom, and was the seal of perfection. He was proud. Look at me. And you'll see as we move forward, the five I wills, his pride so filled him that he destroyed the, the uh, heaven. Uh, he destroyed what God had created because of his sin. So I threw you to earth. If you would now take a second and jump to Isaiah 14, 12 through 15. Um, very rarely do I hear this, very rarely is this taught on, but this is the actual fall of Lucifer. The scripture tells us what happened, and it was pride. It was pride. He was so beautiful, so powerful, had such a great job, had been in heaven and was in the presence of God that his pride brought him down. Are you prideful today? I remember Eric's sermon on Saul and how this was one of the most educated, up-and-coming men of faith And he knew he was right and slaughtered these blasphemous Christians. But he was wrong. He got it wrong. Do you have it wrong today? Let's move to the fall of Lucifer. How you were fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you were cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nation. For you have said in your heart, and please listen to this. It's called the five I wills. And this really touches on the human flesh. For you have said in your heart, God knew this, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. On the farthest, I will sit on the mount of congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. I will be God And they will worship me. And he's looking for worshipers today. And that's prophetic. I will be like the most high. Let me read that again real quick. I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the Mount of Congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And you shall be brought down to Sheol, hell, to the lowest depths of the pit. To the lowest depths of the pit. Pride is a terrible sin. And we must always be on guard for it. And so we'll see in just a few short minutes. The Bible tells us that they've gone off to make war with the saints. That they hate us. And they understand that their time is short. That their time is short. Let me pop you into Matthew twenty-five forty-one Again, this is not another scripture that really doesn't get taught. okay? But hell was created for a reason. Billions of them now. Matthew twenty five forty one, this is at judgment day. The Lord has come and called us, the goats are on the left, the saints are on the right. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, which is hell. Why was hell created? Matthew twenty five forty one, prepared for the devil and his angels prepared for the devil and his angels. There is a special place for this rebellion and for this rebel. Uh, And as we sang in this song, the victory's over. The battle is won. What isn't won is our day-to-day walk and your day-to-day walk because the power of God, don't get me wrong, the power of Jesus Christ, Satan has nothing. He's crushed. He's destroyed. It is the individual who moves away from the truth, who becomes prideful who become susceptible to deception and deceit and attack. And you'll see they hate us. They want you destroyed. They want your faith destroyed. They want your family destroyed. They want your church destroyed. Their time is short. But listen, listen. Perhaps there are those of you who do not know him today, and we'd love to talk to you. Isaiah 5, 14 and 15. Therefore Sheol hell has enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure. Beyond measure. There will be billions upon billions of souls in this place. And you're reading it. Why? Their glory and their multitude and their pomp. I know. I have been here forever. I am the one you should follow. I pride their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he who is jubilant shall descend into it. People shall be brought down. Each man shall be humbled, and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. Um, I had a guy used to tell me, because I think every single individual in this building at some time has dealt with pride, and I got prideful. I thought I was really pretty something special. And he kept telling me, you know, the concrete you're about to hit is pretty hard. And I can tell you, the older I've gotten, the harder it is when you hit it. So ask God to show you if there's pride in your life. So let me review, kind of add what we've just gone through. In God's creation, multiple levels in organization of angels and cherubs. Lucifer was perfect in beauty. Wisdom full of it. He was the seal of perfection. He became proud and arrogant and rebelled. And a third of the angels went with him. And literally all hell broke loose for eternity until God finishes this. And so I want to turn now away from who he was and what his role was to what he is. And paint a picture for you out of scripture. I didn't write this out of scripture to help you understand who the enemy is and why we should be aware. Revelation twelve two five. Revelation twelve two five. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. And this is Mary. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. You see, Lucifer's sin caused many, many angels to fall. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might, what, if you have your scripture? So that it might devour, kill, destroy The moment the child was born. Lucifer is a murderer. He is a liar. He is a deceiver. And he wants you off your game. And he is brilliant. And so let me me go on. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth. So that it might devour her child the moment it was born. But she gave birth to a son, a male child. Who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God. And to his throne. Amen. Revelation 12, 7. Describes the war in heaven. Describes the war in heaven. Revelation 12, 7 through 9. Then a war began in heaven. And and, you know, I can't imagine. Then a war began in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But the dragon wasn't strong enough, but he and his angels lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down to earth, and his angels with him. The dragon that is the old serpent called the devil, or Satan, he leads the whole world astray. He's a murderer. He's a liar. He will deceive and do everything he can to weaken your faith, to weaken this church. And you can see it, prophecies being fulfilled, and we're deep. Deep into the end times. And you can see what's happening to the churches. Moving on. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed. And that's you and I. That's you and I. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb, by the grace and salvation of Jesus Christ, and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink away from death. Therefore rejoice you in heavens and you who dwell in him. But the verse then says, but woe to the earth, woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. Have you ever been around an individual full of fury and rage and anger? They're dangerous people. They're completely out of control. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman. Now he's after Eve. Uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, Mary. Mary. First, he tried to kill Jesus. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness where she would be taken care of for a time, times and a half a time, out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth, the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. He is relentless in the pursuit of the destruction of all the lineage of Jesus Christ. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman. And what? What did he do? What is he doing? Then the dragon was enraged at this woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. And that would be you. And that would be me. And that would be our children and our grandchildren and all who will come. Those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. So I went back and talked to Mr. Webster a second. I said, give me the definition of enraged. Help me understand that and sink into this thick skull that I have. And enraged, according to Mr. Webster, is to fill with anger, hate, and maliciousness. Have you ever been around somebody enraged, filled with anger, hate, and maliciousness? That's a dangerous person. That's a dangerous person. And as we turn the corner and begin to draw to a close, I want to just help you again with a summary of the personality and attributes of our enemy that would raise your awareness level If you are in His Word, in His will, if you are seeking, if you're in and studying your Bible and doing the things that God tells us to do, we have control and power through Jesus Christ. But if you're not, you're coming. You're just not studying your Word. You're not in Sunday school. You're not in Bible studies. You're just living your life. Even though you're saved, you're at risk, and you need to understand that. So the personality and attributes of our enemy is a perfect enemy. Have you seen Satan or any of these angels, the press talking about it? He's a perfect enemy. He's a murderer, the Bible says. He is a liar. He's the father of lies. He's full of rage and anger and has hate for us. He's at war with all who will believe. He's a stalker. The Bible says he's like a lion stalking his prey. And I remember seeing a video, um, I, I didn't find it, but I remember seeing a video of a, of a family that was at a zoo. I don't know what zoo it was. But the father was looking out through this just thick plate glass window or plexiglass out into a field where there were dozens of lions. And his five-year-old son was over on the right looking out at the lions. And up on a ledge was a, uh, a giant, older male lion, and it was staring at this young boy. You could see it in the video. And the young lad just continued to walk, looking out at all the lions, and got about into the center, and he turned his back and looked. And as soon as he turned, you see this lion begin to move, locked on this young lad. And he begins to creep, and he begins to come closer, and he charges full speed, boom, right into this glass. And the look on his face as he went up Reminded me of what Satan is like and wants to do to us. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior today? Are you walking in his will? Are you studying his word? Are you aware of what's going on around us? One of the last things Jesus Christ said to us before he ascended was, Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived about what we're warring against This is a prideful, arrogant, and he was a shamed, shamed enemy. He knows his time is short and he's motivated to destroy all he can. And lastly, they have studied us for thousands of years. They don't eat, they don't sleep, they don't tire, and they're out of God's organization. May your awareness level go up and may you draw closer to Christ, get into your word and begin to read because we have a job to do and that is to fulfill the great commission and that is the last thing that these people want. So as we move to close, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Do any of these attributes, do any of these visit with you? You got any pride in your know-it-all self? I do. You got any doubts? God's not a God of doubt. You got confusion? God's not a God of confusion. Are you angry? Are you full of worry? Are you self-reliant? I got this. I've read all the Bible I need to read. I got this. Are you discouraged? Are you worldliness? Are you full of the world? Are you a liar? Are you a deceiver? We'll dive into these in all the scriptures next week. We're going to sing a song and we're going to have a calling. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, please come forward. We would like to talk to you. We'd like to educate you. If you know him and you've got some issues that you need to, to pray about, come forward. We'll pray with you.